We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. Hey guys, I want to welcome you guys to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. We've got a great episode this week. Before we begin, please hit the subscribe button as well as the notifications bell and be sure to like, comment, and share if you like this episode and we'll get into this week's sponsor and show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest's easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several million dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Now on to the show. All right, everybody. So welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And my mission is to empower physicians and other high-income professionals to achieve financial independence and financial freedom early on so that they have autonomy in their lives, their careers, their families. And so I'm always out scouting, looking for the best talent and the best ideas and trying to source it and bring it to you guys. So today we're with Seth Hicks Esquire and Vance Lowe of Private Banking Strategies, who are both wizards when it comes to growing wealth. They're here to educate us on how to launch an entirely different realm of wealth without working harder. The team at Private Banking Strategies have established themselves as leaders in the industry, bringing over 100 years of collective experience in helping people achieve and keep financial freedom through private banking. And they've helped countless businesses, families, and individuals achieve things they never thought possible. So today, um, Seth is going to talk all about private banking, what it is, the strategy. So Seth, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Liu. Really, really glad to be here and really glad to speak to, to your audience. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know we were in the backstage, we were talking and, um, you know, we we're talking about your background and what you're doing. So, and it's very fascinating because, you know, a lot of physicians, um, my clients, my followers, they really don't know what private banking is. So give us your background and tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are and what you're about and go from there. Sure. I, I went to law school at Pepperdine Law. And when I graduated, I went uh, into a large firm in, in Dallas called Winstead and worked in uh, commercial real estate transactions. Um, after doing that for a number of years, I, I wanted a little bit more diversity and I kind of missed the, the beach back in, in Malibu. So I went back to LA and I started a, a business boutique firm with three other uh, senior gentlemen. And we uh, kind of created a, a niche practice that catered to real estate and business entrepreneurs. Um, and I had exposure to the commercial transaction side of things that I was doing at Winstead, putting together real estate transactions, but also got the uh, opportunity to litigate um, trials and do some trial work. And what that really focused me in on is, is how to protect a client's assets and how to structure transactions and mitigate risk in a way that served them best. But the, the real epiphany came when I met my uh, my friend and partner Vance Lowe and discovered private banking strategies. And, and he had been a protege of a man named Nelson Nash, who um, brought the infinite banking concept uh, back into our culture um, in the 70s and 80s. And um, N Nelson Nash is known kind of as the godfather or the, the, um, of infinite banking. And, and what that really focuses on is high cash value life insurance contracts, which are utilized as a banking tool, whereby one always gets the money back that they're, that they're putting out in investments and they use their own private bank like a third-party bank would be used for financing, for expansion. Um, but where I brought a, a new light bulb into this strategy is in the asset protection side of it. Um, and what, what I mean by that is it, it, in many states, you've got the legislature who created laws at post-Civil War to protect their citizens um, from northern carpetbaggers. And the statutes on the books in southern states like Florida and Texas and um, many others like it is such that these life insurance contracts are exempt from uh, liability, exempt from creditors. And that comes in really, really uh, favorable and has a, is a great benefit to many of our doctor clients who may be practicing in a high exposure, high liability uh, type area, and they, you, you keep, you know, high cash value in normal bank accounts, and it's subject to uh, being taken. And we like to say, you know, we we help clients keep what they make. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a general background, and I can dig in further uh, as the other benefits and features. But one of the key fundamental principles is asset protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's so important, especially for. Uh, you know, physicians, high income earners, you know, they, we spend a lot of time, you know, we, we generate a lot of revenue, but a lot of us, we don't know how to keep it. So, you know, a lot of it's like 
expenses, liabilities, you know, taxes, inflation, and uh, and also you know asset protection, divorce, lawsuits. So tell us a little bit about you know some of the the uh, features of your company and and how it's different than you know traditional um, other vehicles. Well, private banking strategies focuses on seven pillars. We call it the seven pillars of private banking strategies. And the first is asset protection, like I mentioned. And many of our, our doctors, that's their primary uh, motivation and reason for utilizing private banking strategies when they come in. But when you start to drill down further, they understand that everything that's in your policy, it grows and compounds tax-free. And it works as a retirement uh, plan as well for you to be able to peel out distributions in latter years or from whenever you want to retire without any tax event whatsoever. Another aspect of things is in this, you know, changing culture that we're seeing around us, banking is changing and the ability to, um, you know, control your funds and liquidity um, are, are changing as well. We've had clients that are banking with big box banks like Wells Fargo, Bank of America or Chase, and they have um, a wire come in that's larger than normal for their uh, routine balances and the bank doesn't release their money. And they have to go through KYC and sourcing processes. And sometimes, uh, you know, it may take months. Whereas the banking of cash into your private bank, you have complete liquidity. It's effectively, you know, how much money do you want? Where do you want us to send it? And it's, it's there by wire. So you've got financial privacy uh, with, with private banking strategies where you the life insurance companies, they're not subject to the Dodd-Frank Act and they're not subject to uh, centralized banking laws whereby a client is really not represented by the bank. The bank is acting as an agent of the government. And whereas the life insurance company, things are financially private, the relationship is a matter of, of private contract and it is uh, completely protected by statute in many in many states. And let me just mention now, in, anyone who's listening that wants to kind of do a deeper dive into your particular state, uh, at the end of the podcast, we'll give you some contact uh, uh, email that you could email me and I can give you a 50 state worksheet that tells you what your state uh, provides protection for and doesn't. Um, if that would be of value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, uh, I know some of the listeners, I know, like, for example, uh, just explain what KYC, uh, Frank Dodd Act, just a brief so that, you know, they can be well-versed in these types of terms. Sure. KYC is know your client. It's yeah. it's an acronym that stands for know your client. So the the big box banks like Wells Fargo and Bank of America, like I mentioned, they're bound by these regulations where they dig into, uh, you know, who you are, what your business is, why you want $5,000 cash. And if, if you try to you know, withdraw money <laughs> and, and why they, they raise their hand and they, they make, they have reports and they're even they'll, anything that they think is suspicious, they will report um, to government entities. And so, the KYC process has kind of become 
blown out of proportion, in my opinion, whereby your bank is not your trusted agent and advisor. They're they're more of an enemy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and like I said, I've had a no, num, number of clients that have um, sold a large piece of real estate and they have a uh, incoming funds or perhaps this is a big one with cryptocurrency liquidation. Mm-hmm. Um, and with cryptocurrency liquidation, uh, banks tend to uh, lock up funds. And I've seen them close clients' accounts for large wires coming in. I've seen them um, say, you know, we don't, we're not handling any uh, cryptocurrency funds. And there are, you know, well established channels like Coinbase that are fully uh, American gateways to buy and sell um, cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Yet these banks don't want, they don't want to participate there. Mm-hmm. So this is a way to effectively, um, you know, have a private transaction, a private contract that is fully protected and private, tax-free, mm-hmm. and is one that where you're not going to lose the money that you might have an account. Now, we also mentioned Dodd-Frank Act. The, the Dodd-Frank Act uh, was passed in response to the prior bail-in in 2007, 2008, where there were large financial institutions that became insolvent with the mortgage crisis. There were a lot of bad loans made on real estate to uh, folks who really couldn't afford the real estate. And then this massive foreclosure bubble and wave came upon the banks and some became insolvent. And so what happened was a bail in, meaning they took taxpayer dollars and they bailed out private uh, corporations to make them solvent. And obviously taxpayers were uh, not okay with that and raised, uh, you know, stink and awareness about it. And so in in response, they passed what's called the Dodd-Frank Consumer Protection Act, but it does anything but protect consumers. It what it effectively does is it takes your deposits that you mm-hmm. make into Wells Fargo or Bank of America or Chase, and it becomes the bank's funds. And your statement is really an IOU. And in the event that Wells Fargo becomes insolvent or there's a bank run or hyperinflation occurs and people try to take all their cash out mm-hmm. and they become uh, insolvent, or there's another mortgage crisis from bad loans. The the money that you've deposited uh, is effectively um, their money, and mm-hmm. they're going to offer you uh, pennies on the dollar, or perhaps stock in the company in an exchange of value for whatever cash you had deposited. Now, I don't want that. You don't want that. And none of our audience wants that. Mm-hmm. But people, and and when I first started digging into this, I thought this is, this is simply un-American. It's unconstitutional. But when you, when you dig into this, you'll find that that is absolutely the conclusion and that it's really easy to protect yourself from a bail in then what's called what it's called now is a bail in mm-hmm. and audience and listeners can google that what is a bail in and you'll be able you'll go down a rabbit hole that uh, that will take you into places like cyprus 
where depositors' money was taken in 2012, 2013, when banks became insolvent there. You go, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't have anything to do with us here across the pond. But it does because Dodd-Frank was passed. And all of the European Union also has bail-in laws in their centralized banks. So that's the risk uh, that most people are not aware of, especially high net worth folks, uh, uh, Dr. Lou, where they just aren't aware that keeping $5 million in Wells Fargo is a huge risk that yeah. you don't have to take. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, You've pointed out so many things because um, with so many of the geopolitical events happening, you know, with the Canadian truckers and then the uh, government shutting down the bank accounts for the people that sent them aid. And, you know, with the with the U- United States sanctioning Russia, and essentially crumbling the ruble. And, you know, so, you know, to the audience, these things are very important privacy. And, you know, you don't want to keep too much money in the bank because, again, they can confiscate your wealth. They can freeze your access. So you know your your money in the bank is not your money. So these are very important. So my next question is: What's really interesting is private banking is so important today. We need to have privacy. You know, secrecy. We we need to be able to do our things and have access. Um, so does do these strategies deal with um, physical assets or is it just strictly paper and, and digital assets? What we're talking about, uh, you pay uh, fiat currency, cash, in mm-hmm. for premiums, and that has a cash value in your policy. And there's an annual uh, ability to to put more cash into your policies, in effect, if in effect until you know you die. And that is one of the things that is, this is a banking strategy whereby you're taking a banking equation back into your own life. And you, I, I like to, to uh, create a picture for folks. Think of it like you're a private vault. And in your private vault, you have uh, the ability to access your funds. You have the ability to use your funds, but yet it's like a bulletproof vault where uh, it's in private and asset protected, it's tax-free. When you take money out or you put money in, there is no tax event. And that is pursuant to uh, Internal Revenue Code 7702. And so if the audience wants to look up uh, IRC 7702, you can see that in within the context of a, a whole life insurance policy, the ins and outs, Uh, of your cash will not uh, have any taxable event. And so that means if you've stored up, let's say $5 million in cash value, and you're, you're at retirement age, and you want to start taking distributions every month, those distributions, unlike an IRA, and unlike other types of government sponsored plans, are totally tax free. And they're tax-free in and they're tax-free out. Um, so, you know, when that light bulb goes on, you'll people recognize there's really no reason to put money into uh, government-sponsored retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, um, because in the long run, the tax-free growth far outweighs and outperforms those other taxable structures. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So then, make then basically, you, there's no need to use these uh, traditional ways because it's just so much more favorable to use these private banking strategies. 
Yeah. And we've got uh, spreadsheets where we compare like one into an IRA or a 401k and then one into a a high cash value private banking policy and look at the performance at time. And whether you pay, you know, tax now or later, the government's going to get their tax on what you've got in their sponsored program and structure. And think about this. I mean, with the printing of money that's been uh, going on in the last decade, two decades, um, we're over $30 trillion in, in, in debt. Now, two years ago, that was 26. So $4 trillion in just a short amount of time, you can see the parabolic uh, printing of money. And what what effect will that have is that it's, I believe that it will directly impact taxation. And you're going to see uh, increased taxation on people who have the wealth. Yeah, I mean, you can't tax the poor when they don't have anything. So the rich are going to bear the burden and their children are going to bear the burden. The estate tax uh, issues which uh, occur from high net worth individuals when they transfer wealth from generation to generation. Um, the government likes to swoop in and, and take uh, their share of that. Whereas with private banking, there's no tax burden at all when you transfer from uh, one generation to the next. It's a tax-free transfer to the heirs. So the death benefit that comes when you know, grandpa dies and, and there's $10 million in death benefit that flows to to uh, his son or to his grandchildren. There's no taxable uh, event there versus, you know, paying if you have a, a high enough net worth, paying 50% of that. And I, I like to tell a story which most people um, understand and, and is easily verifiable. And that's with regards to the the artist, you know, formerly known as Prince. Uh, do you know who he is? Yeah, he's a very famous uh, rock star singer. I think in the eighties or nineties, he I believe he was died of a, a overdose. Um, but uh, but we'll go ahead, I'll let you uh, the example. Yeah, yeah, he's a fa- yeah. famous famous you know uh, pop rock star, and um, he he died of some type of uh, uh, medical pharmaceutical overdose exactly mm-hmm. it might have been fentanyl i'm not, not i don't quite recall but what i do recall is that when he died he uh was had amassed about 200 million dollars mm-hmm. in in total uh estate value mm-hmm. and he had no private banking in place he had no other structures to help alleviate the tax burden and his uh, the state of Minnesota and the federal government mm-hmm. took over $100 million oh, from man. his heirs and beneficiaries oh. of his estate. And they were left with less than half. Wow. Whereas if that money would have been structured properly, they wouldn't have lost a, a dollar or a penny. And I I mean, I, I bet your listeners feel like I do. When we've made money, we want to pay as little tax as legally possible. And we want to keep what we make, whether it's what I get to use it, or whether it's my heirs and beneficiaries get to use it. We don't, I don't want to f- sponsor government taxation. Do exactly. you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Especially when we had to bail out the big banks from 2008. And then also uh, from the coronavirus pandemic, when the government 
just printed out, you know, trillions and trillions of stimulus and caused this, this massive inflation that we're seeing. And it's all, you know, um, all for paying your fair share. But if it's, you know, if it's not, if it's being wasted and being misspent, it's, you know, that's you, you're, you're, it's in your best interest to keep your, you know, pay as little taxes as possible. Um, Absolutely. You know. <laughs> we, there was, and in the presidential debates between Trump and Hillary Clinton, uh, Many may remember, you know, she uh, pointed out that, well, he doesn't even pay taxes. And, and his answer was, I'm smart. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm smart. I, I take advantage of the laws that are available to me and I utilize those laws to the to the best of, of my abilities. And that's why he doesn't pay taxes. And, yeah. you know, people like John F. Kennedy, Walt Disney, um, you, you name it. I mean, the Ray Kroc from the McDonald's franchise all have utilized private banking strategies, owner of J.C. Penney's. I mean, and the list goes on and on from famous presidents and wealthy politicians. Even now, uh, they 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 utilize this strategy because of it has such tremendous value, and especially with regards to um, asset protection and 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 tax freedom and financial privacy. That's why they use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so interesting because if you look at, um, for example, like uh, individuals such as Jeff Bezos and their portion of the taxes that they pay relative to their wealth is is much less. And that's because they understand the tax laws. And so, you know, uh, you know, a lot of these CEOs and, you know, billionaires, they get, they take very little earned income and they take a lot of their um, uh, income from equity and stock. So, you know, if you understand these types of strategies, you know, you can really uh, increase your wealth and pay, pay less. So um, such a fascinating uh, conversation. I know a lot of people are interested in contacting you and or finding more about you. So how can they do that? Our website is privatebankingstrategies.com. Uh -huh. So private banking and then strategies, plural, IES.com. Uh -huh. And on that website, we've got a uh, a, a book that we make available to to folks who want to learn more about us. And you simply uh, can access the book via audio or written um, book, your choice, if some like to read and some like to listen, but yeah. it's available to you right there on, on the website. And then we also have uh, numerous blog articles and we have a podcast that we've produced that um, dive into deep dives on various aspects of the pillars, how it works, how you operate your bank. And people oftentimes when this starts to resonate with them, they begin to binge on the content. So that's all right there on the website at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. But if you have a, an in interest in learning about your particular state, um, and like I said, Texas, Florida and most of the southern states have an absolute asset protected vault for private banking, uh, private family banking. So, but if you want to learn more about your particular state, email us at info at privatebankingstrategies.com. That's info at privatebankingstrategies.com. And then we'll in, uh, send you a 50 state worksheet where you can look at your particular state. Uh, I'm sure your audience is, is growing and, and is uh, expanding beyond state borders of, of Texas. But um, the good news is that all of our Texas and Southern listeners have 
absolute asset protection in these private banks. Uh, awesome, awesome. And for the listeners on the show, all of the um, all of Seth's resources will be listed in the show notes. So, um, Seth, any final parting words of wisdom before we call it a day? Yeah, I would I would uh, absolutely drill down in into this concept if you've never heard of it and take a look at some of the resources which we've developed o- over years, uh, especially those folks who are. Um, you know, you're operating in your craft, you're doing what you went to school to do. And we have a number of high net worth uh, doctor clientele, which they run in their lane, but they're looking for strategies to diversify. They're looking for exit strategies so that they don't practice medicine um, their their entire life. They want to get into franchises. They want to get into investment uh, real estate. They want to uh, do oil and gas. And there's just various other ways to diversify their portfolio and have passive income streams. And they can do it all through their private bank. They don't have to go out and find financing through third parties. We create these structures for them. And it, it works really well when um, when you can put all these pieces together and the light bulb comes on. That's why we made those resources available for folks. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks so much for a fantastic conversation. I know the listeners will get a lot of value out of it. And we look to hope forward to um, having you again as a guest on the pod- podcast. My pleasure. A- anytime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder what a fantastic show i hope you enjoyed our very special guest just remember as a shout out to our this week's sponsor cityvest.com cityvest gives you access to the best real estate private equity funds with enhanced investment terms, verified due diligence, and lower risk. You can check them out at cityvest.com or click on the link in the show notes below to hear about their upcoming investment offerings. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrislewmdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.